when you you come from another country don't have anything the magical thing is you live under your own standards i came to australia i lost everything i was on the bottom of the bottom of the bottom i didn't have food i didn't have money so that is like okay i will live the way i like to live and then i started to live on my own standards things i really believe is worth for me and my values and i'm gonna i'm not gonna change on this people rely much more on you when you are true with yourself my chat today with howney condini has many layers he has had to rebuild over and over again, but takes it in his stride. Howney is the owner and professor of Gracie Baja here in Townsville. And today we talk about the journey that has brought him to this community and what's kept him going through all the setbacks. This podcast is recorded on the land of Woolgarugaba and Bindal people. We pay our respect to elders past, present and future. So let's start with telling us, you're from Brazil? I'm from Brazil, Sao Paulo. And yeah, I came to Australia when I was 28. I have, a, my family is good in Brazil, like they have property, so I never struggle. I did pretty much whatever I want until 21 years old. So when my dad said, look, you need to find a job, you know. My life was wake up, school, jujitsu. So I started with 15. And that was my life for six years. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I'll, school jiu-jitsu. School jiu-jitsu. And then school jiu-jitsu and then uni jiu-jitsu. Growing up doing jiu-jitsu when I was a teenager whereas everyone struggled. They say, oh, that is hard. The teenagers are hard. Mine was really smooth because it was just training. Just training. You so, had your clear path. Yeah. I have problems with my dad, so my dad is really authoritarian and strict. At the time, it was bad because I need to give up things I really enjoy to do, to things I must do it. But over time, you understand sometimes you do things, you need to do things, and sometimes there's things you need to do. I understand him now because he was paying my bills, you know. I think that's every teenager, isn't it? At the time, they don't like what their parents make them do, but then when they become an adult... Yeah, I I agree 100% with that. 21, Dad said, grow up. My dad said, find a job. I was in the union already, so I did the union mornings. Find a job, like a part-time job in a computer company. And after that, jiu-jitsu for... For like more four years, 25. Why was jiu-jitsu your thing? What do you love about it? I don't know how to answer that now because it's, it is part of me. So I, it will be easier to answer like 10, 15 years ago when, but now it's, it's I find, when you don't have answers to explain what it is, that's when you really find out what means, you know, like I cannot put in words because this is a, a lifestyle. Become a better person. This is a part of jiu-jitsu. Develop your body is a part of jiu-jitsu. Help each other is a part of jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu means the gentle way or soft way. So that's, in, that's everything. So become calm, control your emotions, control your feelings. I think I have achieved a lot in my life because of jiu-jitsu. 
you know, Jiu-Jitsu are under pressure all the time. And most people, they struggle when they are under pressure. So if you are on the pressure every single day, surviving, when you have a tough decision, you don't feel that struggle. You feel you're going to struggle because it's still a hard decision, but you're not panic, you know? So how old were you when you arrived in Australia? 28. So where have you traveled in the world? I went to whole South America, Mexico, United States, and Amsterdam, and Australia, and Abu Dhabi, Emirates. What brought you to Australia after you'd visited all these countries? So I have a, a bad, this is a bad thing happens to me in Brazil. So I was having dinner, and then I saw like a robbery and ended up really messy. So the girl got shot. That was five meters from me. So her car, she she just hit the car on the three hundred meters from me. And the four guys tried to run towards the restaurant. And I was down the restaurant. I saw everything. And I was like, all right, could be me on that car. That day, I told my ex-partner, I said, look, when I'm leaving. I'm leaving. That's it. That is a call. Like, could be me. So I called my first professor. And seven months, he came to Australia. He got invited to, to fight in Australia and teaching here. And I called him. I said, look, I want to leave Brazil. He's like, my friend. This is heaven. Come here. You know, you, you're not going to regret. So you he, did. And then I did. So I, I left October. I decided I sold everything I had. Because I had business in Brazil by that time. And February was here. The first time I stepped in, uh, in Sydney, I was like panicking. Because I don't speak English. I have no clue where I am. I, w I wake up one day in Sydney, the night before I was in Brazil with my family and everything. And then like, all right, world. So it is, I went to McDonald's and she asked me, here to go. I panic. So you couldn't speak English when you arrived in Australia? Nah. No English whatsoever? No, like, I, uh, number one, because in Brazil, the commercial is like number one. And then Big Mac. And I pay, she asked, to here to go. I was like, they never ask you, they never, nah. Yeah, no, I just run away, run away without even get my food. Oh. I panic, <laughs> I panic. It is. So what did you do then to learn English? Because while well, you still have an accent. Oh, just knocking the doors, faking like, no, not faking, but knocking the doors, say, I need a job. Going to. I, so you learned those words very, very quickly. I, I need, need a job. <laughs> I went to this coffee shop. I say, I need a job. Cough. Do you know how to do cough? I was like, Brazilian, my coffee. That was <laughs> actually the most broken English you can imagine. I went there and then he put him in front of the machine. And I say, he's like, oh, do me a flat white. I look at him, look around. Because for me, coffee in Brazil was you put the pounder, the filter in hot water. That is a coffee in Brazil. And it's like, do me a flat white. I say, what flat white are you talking about? Okay, where is the filter? You know, I was looking for the paper filter. It's like, oh, like the machine is right in front of me. I say, what, what is this? And he's like, oh, you do the coffee here. I say, oh, I don't know how to do the coffee there. I say, so I don't know how to do coffee. And I was like, 
I know how to do coffee, but I don't know how to use that machine. And he's like, what are you doing? I said, I need a job. I need work. He said, look, learn, learn English a little bit better. Do the barista course for you at least know how to operate the machine and then you come here later. I like you. I don't know why, but I like you. I was like, all right. So I did the barista course, but I didn't have time to because I went to demolition. You don't need English. You just need a hammer, jack hammer, and do the job. The point, you know, is to break. So it's much easier. And there I start to get my English better. How, so what did you what did you use to get your English better? Friends, TV shows, music. It's just like singing by myself, trying to cop the accent, but it's terrible. It is hard. It is a process. It's, it's like friends. You know, put the caption, try to repeat. Do you mean friends as in the TV show? Yeah, the TV show. Oh. Yeah, like it is nice, and I was like, huh. Try to copy the pronunciation. I love that. Your your biggest support that you used to learn English was the Friends TV show. Yeah. With oh, the captions on. That, that was my my free time. my And because the laboring, you know, try to communicate with people. But it's, the truth is when you the person doesn't know anything, it is hard because it is really struggle for who is trying to listen what you have to say. And what I need to say. And sometimes you see there's just a point like, I don't want to hear you anymore. You're like, I can't understand you at all. And I was like, okay. And then it's true. Oh, and other people just like, oh, sorry, I cannot understand your accent. And walk away. I say, I know you cannot understand. I'm trying to speak. Imagine like, and that is a daily battle, you know, for who, when you go for a country and you don't know the language. I think the only way to literally learn something deep and stay in your soul, it is if you jump. My English was really, really bad when I moved to Thousand, trust me. That was really bad. Then the kids and people, you need to be open. Yeah, I think the most, what blocks people to learn is that they don't believe they need to learn. What did you arrive here with? You, you sold everything and you yeah, arrived I, in Australia with what? $2,000 and 500 in cash. But I applied for a job in country. You know, it's, it's like, I said, all right, I'm going to do that job. Just do, I can't remember exactly what it was. And when I got paid, they say, oh, they, I received a message from the bank saying, look, this is like a, a illegal money. I was like, oh, what is this? Illegal money. I went to the bank. They froze in my account and I have $500. To live off in cash. Yes, it was like, oh, and then it was my money and my partner money. Like, I messed up. So we had $500. So I gave her like 400 and I stayed with $100. Stay a month eating grapes and cereals because that was $3 a day plus trying to find a job. Where did, when you came to Australia, where did you land? Sydney. So, Sydney. You, so you were in Sydney for a month. Living off grapes and cereal. Yeah, I lost 22 kilos as well. I was with 105 when I arrived in Australia. One month later, a month later, I was with 22. And that was funny. My mom saw me and she's like, Are you, did you live here 
because of violence or because you like you're sick, you're looking for treatment. And she's I say, no, mom, it's just working hard. Because then I found a job as demolition. Mm-hmm. But she had take a while for you to receive the money. Like two, they do, you work first and then you get paid. So it took three weeks for me to get the first payment. And I was like, oh, and there's grapes. And I still training. <laughs> like I still die starving. And I still training. I can't remember how many so times. So you chose training jujitsu over food to, to go in and, I and train? I to be honest, this is I not over food. They just have like my quotes. I have this for the day. But there was days where I they, they have a toilet outside the complex. And then usually laboring sit and finish at 3.30 p.m. I, I walk there. I sit because the classes start at 6. And sit on this toilet, wake up like midnight. That's how tired I was. And I lose the whole day. And then drive, drive on, uh, walk back home. So I pretty much walk every day, St. Peter's to Pyrmont. So it's like one and a half hour walking. And then repeat 7 a.m., be in the construction site, work, get back, training, go back home. Was this your first introduction to Gracie Barra? Um, yes, I was not Gracie Barra in Brazil. I was the rival. Now they are G13. And then I call my professor and say, look, there's no Gracie Barra, uh, there's no G13 in Sydney. But this guy in, this guy is helping me a lot. So, because I didn't have money. And he said, oh, training here. You know, I know you're going to have money eventually. So then you start to pay. So yeah, that's fine. I can clean the mats. I can, I can do whatever you need. Just give me a uniform. I don't have money to buy a uniform. And he's like, no, no, that's fine. So he started to do it. And I say, look, these guys helped me a lot. He bought me food because there was days I was starving. I didn't have any money. I was starving. He's like, no, 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 we'll get you in a pub. And he's like, no, no, we'll take you there. We'll take you there. Don't worry. And he gave me a steak just to keep going. Cause I was tired. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I keep doing what you're doing. If you really want to be, you know, like, I think you, you're gonna go, you, you're gonna stay here in Australia. You'll be great. So don't give up. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to give up. If his effort needs to stay, I will, I will put effort then, you know? So yeah. This is like, this is pretty much was when I arrived, the first seven months. And then I moved to Mascot later and stayed in Sydney for three years, if I'm not wrong. But there was one day I went to training and then I broke my shoulder. What was a f- funny story is like, I went there to, I bought his sofa from his gym to put on my house. And then when pick up, he's like, oh, no, you know, like, no, no, don't, don't go now. Just come here, do a little training. Well, one and a half minute to stay on his gym. So I, I get changed, jumping on the mats, broke my shoulder. I'm immigrant, so I don't have Medicare or anything. Yeah. So that cost me like 30 grand. 30 grand. Yes, but that was, I, I had that money. That was the money I was saving. And I was like, all right fix my shoulder. I stay six months without work, burning my savings, everything. Then 
my my partner pay the rent and after six months i was broken i went i down i went down the street this this in Moscow, there's like these buildings, they were going up. I went there and said, look, I know how to do in Windows. I just lied to the guy, you know? So I know how to do Windows. I have a company, because I was desperate. Yeah, and so I called, bring your toolbox, come here tomorrow morning. Did you have a toolbox? No. So I went to, <laughs> I went to Bunny's, bought a toolbox and credit cards, and went to TAFE, hired two guys, like apprentices. Say, look, let's do it, let's do it. And started work. But I, I was the supervisor. I have no clue what I was doing. So I, I learned with them. That is, <laughs> well, <laughs> you, great. You need to, you need to move. You know, if you don't move, you start. Sydney, you die really quick if you don't don't work. You know, and immigrants being an immigrant is there is two things. You need to have a goal, otherwise you get lost, or you need to have a, like a lot of savings. A lot of savings. I didn't have any. So did those words that your dad said back at 21, go get a job? <laughs> that works. It's effective. <laughs> it is. Go get a job. Go get a job. Wow, yeah. So you now had a glass, a glazier company? Yeah. Slide glass. With no... Nothing. Just... So, and do you know what the funny part? After, like I stayed... One, two years doing glass, windows, yeah? So I have like 20 guys working for me and just, I was just doing great, doing great. And then Marcelo, the president of Gracie Barra, he calls me, say, look, do you want to open a gym? I say, where? Townsville? I say, I go. He's like, no, no, calm down. You're not going to think. I said, no, you offer me. The job is there. Is that offer? You offer me. No, yeah, but you don't want to think. I said, I thought I will do it. So you were running a successful glass business, glazing yeah. business. But I didn't struggle at all to whatever I want to have, material things. I bought it, but I didn't enjoy because I didn't have time. So how long did it take you to consider moving to Townsville then? Um, to, to accept the offer, like 15 minutes. I call, he called me, I say yes, and I said, think about it. And then I call my partner, say, look, I'm, I'm moving to Townsville to open a Grace Bar. What you reckon? She's like, all right. I say, Marcel, done. So your partner, she had a job in Sydney? She had a job in Sydney, ex-partner now. Right. She, she stayed in Sydney and I moved to Townsville. Right. And then we stole windows, was all right. It is that what I really want to do? I said, nah, nah, it's just a job. Jiu-Jitsu, that was like, I always did Jiu-Jitsu in my whole life. And that was the first opportunity I had to literally work with Jiu-Jitsu. The payment's not great. Don't think it's like I got rich to do it. No, the payment's not great at all. The passion, but, but is. But that is, yes, that is the first time I literally will do. And the, the funny part is, so I live in I live a little bit in Mexico, a little bit in United States, in Australia. So when you leave, I live I left when you the first time you leave Brazil, you lose everything. It is not like, oh, you know, like I have family or have friends. No, you don't. You sound like you've done that a fair bit, but like I'm just I'm gonna give it a go. I need your hard ass worker. 
I think it's more confidence because if it depends on you, it's just on you. So where's it come from? Do you think? Well, it's, you cannot fail, right? So it's not, you cannot fail. I don't have anyone here in Australia. So if I fail, I'm done. So I still need to pay my visa. I need to, you know, like, it is not like I have that chance to fail. So what did you do when you arrived to a town? So how did you get started? Oh, I got a, a room first. And then I didn't find out a fantastic furniture takes a while to deliver. So I stayed there on the carpet without anything. <laughs> and then I tried to go, okay, I need a fridge because if I can eat cold things in the microwave, that's enough for a while. And I sleep on the carpet for a couple, like three weeks, I think, because until the things arrive. And when we arrive, I find out I need to build. I never thought that. And I was like, oh, that's how it started. And then find the premises, paint. There's a layout where I need to do. So I paint the walls, paint, 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 build and open. So when you opened in September 2019, yeah. how many students um, came on board? 13. 13. Mm. The first 13. Yeah, like that. It's like a normal business. There's no money. There's a few. I've talk, I'm, com I'm comparing with when COVID. I can't remember exactly when we opened, but I know <laughs> like my, the target for me is co before and after COVID because then you see the numbers and you go like, all right. We are here and then we are there. So before COVID, how many did you have enrolled in your Oh, we have like 120 gym. accounts. So probably 150 students. So you only opened a couple of months here in yes. Townsville before COVID hit. Yes. What was that like getting the news that you had to close the doors? Well, I need to, there is no, no choice. It's just close. They don't want to. They know and I know your fear, like they just 23rd of April, your premises need to be closed for undetermined time and we close. At that moment, did you think I'm going to fail? I'm finally there. N not yet. Not that yet? Was, no, not yet. Not yet. That was, that was later. I thought it would be like for a couple of days and then. It wasn't and then for a couple see, of days. You see the bricks, you know, every person is a brick in a, in a building. And then by time, they will lose their job. They will, you know, they left, they left, they left, they left. So we end up with 13 accounts. No, 13 students. Not even 13 accounts. 13 students. 13 from students. From about 150. Yes. 13 students. From when you're able to open your doors again. Yes. We start with 13. And they wouldn't be all students the same age. So you're still having to be available for every class on one or two students per class. And there was restriction per class, needs to be booking, needs to do, when we open, yeah. And I need, I did Zoom classes for other schools to try to keep like, you know, mm. bodies. Yes, that was, ooh, that was hard. So were you able to access any grants through no, the government no. or any support? What, what were you I'm able... I'm immigrants, so they, they help, like, this is not an Australian company. It's a foreign foreign company. So I don't get JobKeeper, I don't get grants. How I don't many... get rent relief. And then that was that. that's when it started to get, like, scary, 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 scary. Because you had to put staff off? No, that's because there is 
there is the rent to pay, the power bill, there is everything and there is no income. And you think like, oh, you're going to get some relief because we are a company in Australia and they, you know, uh, yeah, but he's not an Australian company. He's not an Australian citizen. Yes. And it's like, all right. So that was around eight, May of May. That's when it started to get like, whew. I'm sad, you know, like this truth is like sad because after all the effort, gone. And Those then, dates sound really ingrained in you. No, it is. It's not. It is. I'm not upset with Australia. I think they did the right thing. To be honest, I'm not Australian. You know, like you need to. You need to look after your own people. Australians need to. You know, Australia will help Australians. Like Brazil helps Brazilians. You know, that Americans help Americans. It is. It is hard because it's what hurts is my dream falling apart my my effort my love like i put so much so much love on that place and you see like ruining it's just heartbreaking when you when you stop and leaving that you don't know when's when it will open and you leave that storm and then every day i'm in may you're like oh i know i need to i need to suspend the membership because i lost my job and then you see people i don't get center link if i lost my job because i'm not australian and I was like, all right, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And So what did you do? Wait. There's nothing to do. I could not open the gym. Do you know what helped me? It was like, I'm not attached to things, material things, because I already lost everything many times. When you lose everything, you are on the bottle. There's a magical thing happens. You don't need to prove anything to anyone. You live under your own standards and beliefs. And that's what happened. Like when you realize like, all right, I just lose again. Rebuild. Just, there's no other option. So what have you done to rebuild your business now? Energy. Energy. You know, like. Energy. Energy. So if you put a lot of energy in something, energy attracts you energy. So if I'm, if I come here and like this, hello, Teresa, you, Five minutes, you're gonna be like, I'm joining you. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm joining because you. when you when you have good energy, this is like contagious. So then, I was like, I have a lot of happiness in me because I'm, you know. Then it's like, when they arrive and the people was like, you, you know, put that energy, put that love, that is contagious. And then like, oh, you know, I went to this place. It was great because not just they were broken mentally and emotionally but like when they find someone who get that energy and they make that a spark goes up they go like wow and then they tell the friend and the friend come and the friend come and they keep going keep going you know but it's when you see like we went to 13 students i don't know how many accounts to we pass so you're on the bounce back mm, not bounce back it's just like rockets and it's like I think that was pretty much what I did. Just put good energy. Everyone needs good energy. And then I don't get attached to dramas, you know, because drama doesn't bring anything up. If you know, like people like, oh, I don't want to do this. No, 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 let's do it. If it's hard, it's because it needs to be done. So let's do it. What, what do you need to do? We're not here to win. Do you know why? Because this is, doesn't help anyone. 
you get me moving with you if you do something for you then i move with you if you just want to sit and complain i'm not your friend for that I'm not here to be stuck we're here to go up everyone here is suffering not just you everyone loses a lot there is no one here who doesn't have a bad history in their life so if you want to talk who is more miserable not the place so cut that focus on improve no, go, go, get changed, put your uniform, go training. You will feel better later. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't feel sorry for me. Such wise words. That's, that is why I say when you lose everything, when you, you come from another country, don't have anything, the magical thing is you live under your own standards. I, I hit the bottle. I didn't have food. I didn't have money. You know, when I always grow up in Brazil, right? So my parents raised me in a way. So I need to act on that way because I need to get the social with my parents and everything and then have that level where you need to be because people expect you from that. I came to Australia, I lost everything. I was on the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. So that is like, okay, I will live the way I like to live. So I'm not going to do anything if I don't want to do it. I will do things if I feel like. I will help if I feel like. And then I start to live on my own standards, things I really believe is worth for me and my values, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to change on this. And that's... That it's is okay. That is, that is okay. People rely much more on you when you are true with yourself, when you just change to make them happy. I want to ask, you do an anti-bullying course. Yes, for kids and self-defense for girls, girls only. Where does that come from? Towns is pretty violent. Towns, for the girls, Towns has the biggest domestic violence in Queensland. So... So what, what's your influence and what's your commitment oh, to I, helping our community in that space? I need to. So judicious for everyone. I need to believe that's what I teach will save life. It can save one, it's good. And that's what I need to teach those girls. Like, look, if a guy do that to you, like squeeze your neck, they are close to you. That is things you can do. If they push you forward and they, unfortunately, go between your legs, like stay there. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so that is when one of the, the most efficient attacks from jiu-jitsu. You know, like, but you need to know. You, do, you cannot perform as what you don't know. So jiu-jitsu is not about... Um... Sorry, jiu-jitsu is about defense, isn't it? Protecting yourself? Or how would you describe jiu-jitsu as a sport? As a sport. If it, is, it is as a sport, but it is efficient as a self-defense. It is the most efficient martial arts for self-defense. Because if, if I'm not holding you, you can run. You can scream. Can you scream if I'm squeezing your neck? You can't. So what are you going to do? So everything we learn in jiu-jitsu is related when the person grabs you. So when you grab, you cannot run, you cannot punch, you cannot do anything. So what you do? So that's when... You can use I, the skills. I, sh I show you. So again, you're going to learn to be under pressure. When I hope never happened, but if it happens a situation close to that, you have a response. Because I believe if some girl got attacked, that's damage her feelings and her the way she see lives in a way there's no way to repair or there will be a lot of years and years and years 
for you live how to live with that. Not gonna take off your the pain. It's gonna teach you how to live with that. I prefer you don't need to live with that. Hani, we're very lucky to have your passion here in our community. So thank you very much. Thank you for your time today. Oh, I I love it be here. Thank you very much to invite me, and I hope you guys come training at least have a look, see. Jiu-Jitsu is for everyone. Trust me, you don't need to be scared. BRAVE is jointly funded by the Commonwealth and Queensland governments under the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangements. This podcast is produced by Damien Lawarden.